broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas. It's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for June 2019. It's hard for me to even, even say that, Tim. Know, We're here just, in June. I was just sitting there thinking, can it really be June already? It doesn't seem like it. Now, Tim, you might have noticed I got everything cleaned up. Yeah. So we're actually having a show today. Uh, for those of you guys who got here early, you may have noticed that we had a pre-show video. Right. Um, and we're going to try to start doing more of that kind of stuff to entertain those of y'all who get here early. So mm-hmm. if you get here early for the show, we want to give you something more to look at than just the countdown, right? Okay. And so uh, we put up a pre-show video from Paul Jurey. Uh, there's a link down below, guys, that you guys can uh, check out his channel. He's got some great videos on monitor repair. We want to thank Paul for submitting that for this show. Now, Tim, I also want to remind those who are watching or listening that this will show up on your podcast feed if you guys are listening to this. The audio version will. And Tim, I'm hoping at some point that Eric and Rusty get back to doing the podcast. The problem, though, Tim, is they're in the process of opening up an arcade. Right. And so, as anybody who's done that knows, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a big job. So, there's a lot involved with it. And so, they're going to be busy, I think, for a while trying to get their arcade up and running. But I'm hoping that once they get everything kind of settled down, that they'll come back and do some more podcast episodes. So, for those of you guys who are missing out on Rusty and Eric, they're hopefully going to be back at some point to do the podcast. But until then, Tim, we're going to put the live show feeds on there as well so you guys can enjoy that. But, Tim, let's go ahead and talk about what's been going on. Obviously, you're still working at Mr. Gaddy's. So, what's, yeah. been, get, what's been happening at Mr. Gaddy's? Uh, well, summer's officially here. School's out. So, we are definitely in uh, uh, summer mode. Got a lot of uh, kids coming in and a lot of games being played. Uh, so, it's good times. We're, we're glad. It just doesn't seem like... I guess because it hasn't been really hot yet here in Texas. Normally, when we're doing the June show, it's already 110 or 105. You know, wait till Saturday. Yeah, it may be that much this weekend. And we've also had a ton of rain and bad weather and tornadoes everywhere. Yep. So um, it just seems like we're getting a late spring or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, here we are, and uh, we're we're rolling and going whether we're ready or not. You know, so kind of sounds like the live show, Tim. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Very much. Well, first off, guys, we want to thank you for joining us and re- remind you that you can't interact with the show through the live chat, Tim. And there's already been quite a bit of discussion in the live chat. So, Tim, I'll head over here real quick. Uh, we got the Headless Horseman in there, YouTube Punk, Millstar Electronics. Uh, let's see, Thomas from the Netherlands, Tim, is All in right. the live chat with us tonight. Um, we've got a whole bunch of people. Let's see. Uh, anybody else? Jeff. Jeff Mormon. Is that what it says? Mormon. Um, then we have, and it looks like that's everybody. But remember, guys, that you can interact with us right there in the live chat. And if you feel so inclined, there is a nice little dollar sign button down there, Tim. Yeah. That we'd really appreciate if you hit that and donate something to the show as well. All proceeds to the show go back into investing in arcade repair tips, cameras, and, and web hosting, and all that kind of stuff that we have expenses for. So we do appreciate any donations that you might want to give during the show. Now, Tim, we have a lot of things to cover on the show. It seems like the news has been kind of light as far as arcade stuff is is concerned. But with that said, we've had some stuff pop up over the last couple of days. Uh, Tim at Games is apparently going to be releasing an arcade game, which we're going to talk about later on in the show. And Tim, you had been talking about your all-you-can-play promotion, and I hear that we're going to get an update on that in the after show, correct? Right. We'll talk about how it's been doing and uh, 
what I would change or wouldn't change, things about it. We'll see how it's going. And we're going to do some arcade document talk, Tim. There were some that were uploaded to the Internet Archive from the 70s. Right. From a, a certain arcade, Tim, out in California that looked really interesting. Some great documents. We'll be talking about those as well. And you have a nice tech tip for us as well, right? Sure, sure do. Look at all the stuff we have forward to, mm. to look forward to, Tim. In Don't this forget episode. the debate. And the debate as well. And mm. we'll get there when the time arrives. But, Tim... The main focus of our show, of course, is asking the questions that come in from you guys. And we have several tonight. And, of course, we, I'm sure we'll have some in the live chat as well, Tim. Uh, I haven't seen any in particular. Let's see. Is there anything here? Boop, 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 boop. Okay. I think, we're, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. Are we okay? We're okay. All right. <laughs> oh, Milestar. Oh, correction. Milestar. Okay. I always forget. It's not Mill. It's Mile. Okay. Milestar Electronics on that. But anyway. Okay, so let us continue on, Tim. Now, first, we do have a programming note. And, Tim, we were talking about this earlier today. Right. That the next live show technically falls on Independence Day. Right. July 4th holiday here in the United States. And so, Tim, I want to go watch fireworks. Right. And you probably do, too. Probably eating or grilling or Exactly. Working. So <laughs> we are going to either move it up or move it back. I don't know what. We haven't decided. It depends on my and Tim's schedules. But we just want to remind you guys that it will be rescheduled due to the Independence Day holiday. Please stay tuned to our social media feeds for updates on when the next live show will take place. Tim, it will be in July. Right. Okay, it will be around in July. The exactly. So around then. So um, we will see it then. So we will let you know. And like I said, first Thursday night of almost every month, Tim. I, I'll put that in there because obviously we won't have it this coming month. So, but just a reminder, guys, Independence Day, we will not have a show. We will either do it sometime before or sometime after, depending on how our schedules fall. And Tim, it does look like we have uh, one question already in the live chat from Scott. And he says... Hi, I have an old Double Dragon cabinet that I'm turning into a Multicade. The TV inside was no good, and I'm looking for any suggestions on a good replacement. Thanks. So, Tim, it sounds like Scott has taken out his arcade monitor, right. which he, he's referring to as a TV, which is fine, and he wants to replace it with something else. Now, the thing about uh, Double Dragon is it is an original arcade board, uses, I'm pretty sure, 15 kilohertz signal. Right. So you're going to have to have a monitor that supports that, right? Right. Or if he wants to go with an LCD, he's going to have to have a converter. Right. Now, there are some LCDs, like the Wells Garner ones that we usually recommend, that already are capable of displaying 15 kilohertz without the converter board. Correct. So what we'd recommend is going with an arcade-quality LCD, such as a Wells Garner, Tim. And you can get those from places like Twisted Quarter. You can get them from Suzo Hap. Is there anywhere in particular, Tim, that you've been ordering those from? Well, we like uh, Holland Computers. Right. They have some models that also do that. They seem like they have some... um, Good deals. You know, right. we kind of catch them when they're on sale a lot, but they're good. Now, did he say he threw out the monitor? Because, you know, one thing we always recommend is to repair your monitor. If you still have it, you can actually either repair it yourself or have it repaired for a whole lot cheaper than you can buy another TV or or another tube. Now, he says it was no good. Now, Tim, of right. course, we don't know if that means the tube, if that means the chassis. In most cases, though, we found that it's the chassis that goes bad if right. you do have an issue. And chassis are very repairable. So, if you still have it around, there's always a chance that you could repair that. But if you're going to go LCD, we do recommend an arcade-quality LCD that supports the 15 kilohertz natively. And so, right. that way you won't have to have a converter board in there. Um, the Wells Gardner ones, if you buy a Wells Gardner one, it will support 15 kilohertz, I think, 
pretty much every one of theirs does. If you okay. buy a different brand, it may not, but you can ag- ask whoever the vendor is, and they should be able to tell you whether or not it supports that. And most of them, if they don't support it, do sell a converter board for Correct. it. Correct. Now, he did say he wanted to uh, turn into a multi-cade, so if that's the case, a lot of multi-cade boards do have VGA output. Right. And so you could just go with an off-the-shelf computer monitor or a standard LCD monitor uh, that has a VGA input if that's the way you want to go. So there's a lot of options there for you, Scott. Hopefully answers your question, and uh, let us know what you decide to do with your Double Dragon cabinet, Tim. But if you saw the arcade board for Double Dragon, it is highly sought after. A lot of people yes. are looking for that board, so I would I would suggest you either keep it or sell it off and get a good bit of money for it because for sure. people are looking for that board. So any okay. part of that game yeah that's right marquees and other things as well so okay tim i think we'll go to our first question here and it is from rowan rowan mm-hmm. and he says hi i have i just set up my 61 board and i got a jamma harness which i have already plugged the wires into the micro switches for the arcade buttons i decided that i need to move the wires somewhere else but i am unable to disconnect the wires that were plugged into the micro switches such as the ground wire I tried to pull them, and they won't come out of the microswitch. Is there a way to disconnect the wires that are connected in the arcade button microswitches from the JAMA harness? Thank you. Now, Tim, this may sound very easy, but the thing about it is is it's probably more difficult than people realize, right? Right. There's actually, uh, it seems like whenever you you, uh, put the microswitch on it, it kind of clicks into place. And so that click a lot of times makes the connection very strong but also makes it very difficult to remove the terminal as we like to call it right. from the pin, the prong on the micro switch so tim do you have any suggestions here for rowan as far as removing those terminals from a micro switch yeah they're called a quick disconnect but that's really not the best term for them because they're actually made to when they go on there to stay on there because you don't want them to fall off right especially on a game where you're pushing a button a lot you don't want it to just fall off so they should fit pretty snug and tight now, you can grab it right there um, at the base of it. Uh, and if you can't pull it off by hand, what we usually use is just a good pair of needle nose pliers. Now, you don't want to grab the wire because you have a good chance of just pulling the wire all the way out. So you want to grab it. Uh, usually, most quick disconnects have a metal end and then a little plastic piece before where, that the wire goes up inside and crimps on. I recommend right at the very end of the where it goes from plastic to metal, right in that area, grabbing it with some needle nose pliers. Just you know, don't squeeze too hard because you'll make it even worse. Right. Don't go past that point because you will be tightening it. But right there in the middle, if you could bend one in half, that's probably about where I would do it. And then you can grab a hold of it and pull them off with the needle nose pliers. Seems to me be to be one of the best tools that works for that. Now, Tim, I noticed in Rowan's case, it sounds like he may have put maybe the ground uh, the ground wire on the wrong prong. Right. But if you had, if you just need to switch around the actual buttons, you could just switch the micro switches themselves as well, right? That's true. Like if you had hooked up the uh, kick button instead of the punch button, you could just move the button physically move the switch or just the switch underneath but most of the time i I think if he'll just get a pair of needle nose and sometimes you got to give it a pretty good tug worst case scenario you pull it out you can just discard it then and crimp on a new one it's not really that big a deal it's a good thing to have some extra quick disconnects around Sounds good. So I'll go ahead and show the slide here, Tim. <clears throat> Removing terminals from the prongs of a micro switches can be very difficult. Uh, this is due to the fact that these terminals are made to lock in place when they are pushed into the micro switch prong so that they don't fall off when the cabinet is jostled during gameplay. 
Your best bet is to get a good set of NATO nose pliers, Tim, like you mentioned, and attempt to pull the terminal off the prong. Make sure you squeeze the terminal itself and not the wire going into the terminal. Kind of like you mentioned, Tim, you really want to get kind of like the lower part of the terminal. Uh, If you try to pull from the wire, it may come out leaving the terminal on the prong, which, Tim, at that point, like you said, discard the terminal and crimp a new one on your wire. You should be good to go. Correct. Is there anything else here for Rowan here, Tim? No, it's not. It's one of those things, those guys who are probably a little more experienced is like, oh, wow, that was easy. But But everybody at some point has run across this where you're really trying to pull that thing. I mean, it's like a tug of war. You're really yanking on it, but it's not coming. Sometimes just a little pair of needle nose pliers. In fact, um, I used to keep a skinny, you know, the really skinny kind, right? Uh, just for that, almost, just or a tinier pair, just to kind of I didn't have to put as much pressure on it, but could just lock on it and pull a little bit. So, and I tell you, Tim, I have cut my hands up doing that too. Oh yeah, because what happens is when you pull it off, inevitably <laughs> you'll get that jerk kind of right. afterneath. Or afterwards, and when you do, you'll hit the prong of another micro switch with right. the back of your hand, or the, or the monitor hands. chassis, or something. Right, exactly. You're going to get your, your hand pretty beat up. So uh-huh. it's nice if you can flip that control panel over. It gives you a little bit more leverage to pull up instead of to a, at an angle, uh, or or at another at a uh, difficult uh, side angle, or something like that. And so, uh, if you can't flip open the control panel, that would be the best way to do it. But uh, it can be a difficult task. Hopefully, Rowan with a good pair of needle nose pliers, you can get those terminals off those prongs. So uh, good luck with that, and let us know how it goes with your repair. Okay, Tim, let's uh, go ahead and go over here real quick. Uh, Let's see. uh, Adam DIY says, what games do you guys own? And people are chiming in, Tim. A lot of different games. Louie, of course, is here uh, tonight, uh, one of our social media administrators, and also a YouTube administrator for us. And so we want to thank Louie for for being in the chat tonight, doing some good work for us. Uh, But he says he's got, um, you know, Mario Brothers, Frogger, Tag Team Wrestling, a couple of good ones like that. I see some uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Let's see. Um, all sorts of cool games. People have cool games, Tim. Yeah. It's not just us. A lot of you guys have cool games. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Uh, we do have a question from Jeff. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a, have a Pac-Man cabaret that is playing blind. I rebuilt the monitor chassis years ago, put it back in, and the monitor came on. When it tur- when I let's see when I turned it on for five seconds, it went out again. What's next? Okay, so basically you had it, it was playing blind, so you rebuilt it, and now it's, it's, it worked, I guess, it's, uh, the monitor came on. When I turned it on for five seconds, it went out again. Okay. So it sounds like there's an issue with the power supply in the uh, power supply section of the, of the monitor chassis mm-hmm. somewhere. The fact that it came on for a second means that there must be something, and it could just be, it's got to be something probably with the B-plus voltage. So you want to make sure that you've got your B-plus voltage dialed in where it needs to be, Tim. That's very important because having it too high or too low can cause issues. And make sure that you're getting a good B-plus voltage. You know, if it's, obviously, like I said, if it's too high, we can have some issues going forward. So um, that would be the first thing for me to check. Any suggestions from you, Tim? Well, it could be a bad fly back yes you know, absolutely it, if they it definitely could be bad um uh, you know check your fuses check those type of things um make sure you got the right fuses in there right i mean that's very important so i mean you know if you have a too large a fuse in there you can cause damage to other parts which you want to be careful of uh, if you let us know what monitor chassis you have we can probably help you troubleshoot a little bit better too right and if you um, haven't seen our video on troubleshooting games that are playing blind we literally show just about everything that could possibly go wrong right and, and most likely you did a cat kit but you didn't probably replace the hot or anything like that. Well, so. and it's a K, that's on a K7000 Wells Garner chassis, uh-huh. Tim. But uh, he may have an electro home. 
may have a, a you know Wells Guard 4900 or something mm-hmm. like that, which may be a little bit different process depending on what you're looking at for playing blinds. So uh, if you let us know, we can help you troubleshoot a little bit further as well. But um, a lot of times it's in that high voltage section, whether that right. it, you know something along the B plus line or if that like I said, so that could be hot and flyback and caps and all sorts of stuff in there. Bad filter cap, of course, Tim can cause that as well. Or if you put a cap in backwards, right. which we've had happen before, it can also do that. So a lot of things to check. So when you do you know when you go through the rebuild, make sure that you've got everything in properly. That's always a big thing, Tim, because, I mean, we've done that before, put a filter cap in backwards. We saw the light come on, and all of a sudden the cap right. blew. It and blew the that, cap. So we had that happen before. It's definitely something that happens. So uh, check everything along the power supply section of your monitor in, the, in, a, in a high voltage line, and hopefully something in that section should should be bad, and you should be able to replace it and get it working again. So. Okay. Oh, YouTube Punk just donated $10, Tim. Thank you. So there we go there. Uh, thank you so much for that. We always enjoy the donations. So uh, it says, what's the name of the new arcade? Oh, um, it's the Game Preserve. So in Houston, uh, the arcade is still the Game Preserve. It's just that they're opening a second location. Right. So Eric and Chris, or, ah. yeah, not Eric and Chris, excuse me. A Eric and Rusty location. are opening okay. a second location of the Game Preserve in Houston. So, nice. Uh, in a different part of Houston. So yeah, they're, they've been working diligently on that. Hopefully they'll come back and do the podcast uh, for you guys pretty soon because i'm just listening to him too tim right. i'll be honest so there you go uh let's see what else we have here um of course people talking about todd tukey tucky uh-huh. however you say it and he was in the hospital recently yes. and we want to wish him uh, a quick and speedy seems recovery like he's doing better yeah like it seems like it so his of... family's been giving updates on his right. facebook page and so uh, if you guys have been following that uh, it seems like things have been going well but we do want to continue to send our thoughts and prayers out to him and his family and hopefully he'll have a quick healing so uh let's see what else we have here it's an Electro Home, he says. So Electro Home Geo 7. And it looks like Louie, um, oh, back from the archives, Louie posted a video which may help you out as well. Paul Jure is here. And Paul, we played your video during the pre-show. Right. So uh, <laughs> if you may want to go back and watch that as well. Uh, but uh, Paul, thanks for submitting your video. We, we had a little pre-show fun. And we also put a link to your channel down below. So uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Danny is here. He says, I've been having some minor issues with my Mousetrap Arcade game. When I turn it on, it plays for a while, then freezes up. And I turn it off and back on, it plays again and might freeze up again. So, Tim, this is pretty common with right. um, with arcade games. A lot of times, Tim, this is a power supply issue, right? Most of the time, I would say we always lean that area first. Now, it could be a processing chip or something, but most of the time... Um, when we find a game will just freeze, a lot of times it is in the power supply. So really check your power supply or replace it. That probably will take care of your issue. And a good recommendation here is to check the power whenever the game freezes up. Right. To see how it's doing. If it's too high or too low, that may be an indication of And it could be supplies. just you need to just adjust it up a little bit exactly. or down. Now, like you mentioned, it could be the main processor on the board as well, which we've seen with like Pac-Man boards and mm -hmm. things like that. So it's not out of the question of being a board issue, but a lot of times this is a power supply issue. So make sure you check that. Make sure you're getting good voltage all the way to your board. Uh, Let's see what else we have here. Oh, yeah, Game Preserve Annex. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, um, okay. Um, Whatever whatever happened to the real Bob Roberts? Um, So he took a big hiatus, Tim. I think he's had some health issues and some other things. And uh, he has not been back up, and we're very sad about it. Because, I mean, we ordered, golly, so much stuff from Bob. It's hard to even think about all the stuff we ordered. (laughs) So um, there are a lot of great vendors out there who have come along, Tim, to kind of fill the void. But, you know, when you have a void that big, it's really hard to fill it all. I sure will say is. that. I mean, because he was our go-to supplier for 
maybe a decade. Right. So, I mean, just to give you an idea. So, um, but uh, hopefully at some point he'll come back, sell some parts to us. We'd love to see him. But uh, it is, it, we are really missing him. Yeah. You so. always got candy or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what, long Yop. Yeah. Yeah. Or however you say it. I, I didn't know. It's kind of Cajun. <clears throat> it's a baker's dozen. Yeah. There you go. That's what so. you call it. <clears throat> Okay, let's see what else we have here. Oh, he is having bad health problems. He's not doing it anymore. His wife is doing uh, the lower level orders. So there you go. That's oh. what um, that's what Louis says. So there we go. Okay, I think we're caught up at this point, guys. Remember, continue to interact with us uh, here in the live chat, and we will get to him as we can. But Tim, we have okay. another question here from David, and David says, "I just bought a new monitor for my 2008 Golden TM plug, and this is the picture I am getting." Can you help? I've tried to display adjustments, and it does not help. Now, Tim, that looks really, really familiar. Yeah, it does. Like, we've probably seen that, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, 30 or 40 times. Right. So, what do you think's going on here with this uh, Golden T2008 monitor? Well, usually, when installed? we see that, it's on the wrong, um, like, it's on the wrong kilohertz. Like it, frequency. It, it's on the wrong frequency. Thank you. I just couldn't think of the word. But, you know, what happens is, most time when you see that, you've got, like, a... Um, medium res monitor and you're trying to put a standard res on it or sure. vice versa or whatever so probably it's just his uh like the setting in his monitor is sure. not turned right now he can hook it up to a computer or something auto syncs and see if that works right but more than likely it's either in his game board which he needs to it's hard to read and set but it's probably right. more likely where it's hooked up to his monitor, it's usually a switch on them or something that switches. I it. remember um, sometimes it was an, a physical connector right. that you had to change in order to change which sync mode that you wanted to be in. So, um, it, it, both those, Tim, we've seen both those be the case where you had a physical connector that you had to change and a, just a switch that you could change for the tri-sync monitors, um, the CJ, EGA, VGA type style monitors, and so it really does look like you probably have it in the wrong mode. Right. So whatever the board is set in, and Tim, a lot of times Golden T boards can be set in multiple um, syncs Correct. as well, as well as the monitor. So you just have to make sure that the board and the monitor are synced properly, that they're both using whatever the expected frequency is. And exactly. So let's go ahead and show this, Tim. From your picture, it looks like you're experiencing a horizontal or vertical hold issue on your monitor. Uh, try adjusting the horizontal hold, Tim. You can do that first, okay? Because, I mean, sometimes we've seen it correct with a hold adjustment. Not always, but sometimes. But we have also seen this occur when the sync coming from the board does not match the monitor mode. And so be sure to check that as well. So you may have to change the sync mode on your board as well as on your monitor in order to get them to work. Tim, it looks like his board is working, which is good news for him. Yeah. But it does look like he needs to get that sync to match. And if he does that, I think it'll come through no problem. And so um, we've seen a lot of different... Um, like I said, a lot of different adjustments, but uh, hold a lot of times on this is, is very common as well. So if he tries his vertical and horizontal holds, and if that still doesn't get him there, double check his sinks. I think that will get him back where he wants to be. And can we go back to the picture and just say, I like, this is his actual picture, right? Yes, this is his actual picture. I like this contraption he's made to hold his monitor. I, I don't know if that's if a contraption. Cardboard, I think it's kind of. I, I think it's more the box. Like, that you know, it came like, in? Yeah, so like when he pulled the monitor out of the box, it had the cardboard around it. Right, but now I'm thinking, and this is a good idea. Right. Just to keep that kind of stuff so when you're working on a monitor, you can do it outside of your game. Anyway, just a, a freebie there. I just kind of noticed in that picture, I'm like, I like the way that's being held up. Absolutely. I think it looks really cool. I'm with you, Tim. So, But yeah, I think that those are the cardboard pieces that actually came in the box that right. packed the monitor. But the fact that he was able to hook it all up like that without use it. having it on the ground, that's right. really cool. So it works out really well. But David, let's check your holds. Let's check your, uh, your sync types. Make sure that you've got them both matching and hopefully that will solve your issue. 
Okay, let's see what else we have here. Uh, okay, let's see. Thomas says, I've recently been working on my arcade monitor and I've noticed the chassis was really dusty. I've tried using canned error, but the dust is really stuck on there. How can I remove the dust without disassembling the board? Well, you can, you've got a canned error. You could get, um, you know, what, what we've shown before in a video. I mean, you can literally... If you take the whole monitor out, you can wash it. Right, exactly. Kind of like what we showed uh, last month in uh, in in uh, Delusional's Arcade, his right. video, Tim, and the fact that you can spray it with Simple Green, which we do with a lot right. of these, hose it off, and then let it dry, and it should be okay after you do that. If you can't get it off with the canned air, Tim, you, I mean, you can try, like, brushes. Yeah. If you don't want to do, like, the whole monitor removal. Um, Tim, we used to have the little cleaning brushes, you know, mm -hmm. that we used to use on a lot of things. Those work pretty well. What worked really good for me one time, or I still use one, like, my daughter had a makeup brush. Uh -huh. Those, you know, those big, kind of fluffy kind. With Make sure it doesn't bump, have any makeup on it. Right? And uh, buy a new one. And uh, you'll look really funny when you go buy a makeup brush. But <laughs> you can, those work pretty good, because you can really get up in there and... Uh, and dust a little with those and they don't seem to do much damage or any damage right so i mean a brush would be the next logical choice mm -hmm. but no i mean you could always just take the whole monitor out spray down with some simple green and then hose it off and let it dry for a while you'll be good too so there's a lot of options there to you thomas hopefully one of those will help you out um let's see joe says i put a game in self-test mode with different adjusting screens and i tried adjusting all eight adjustments two black four light uh blue and two pink he says, little knobs and wheels, many times over, and I still can't seem to get the line straight. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Joe. Joe, sometimes you've got to adjust the yoke. Right. Okay, and so we have a great PDF file that's on our website by Ingvar Carlson that talks about setting up and adjusting an arcade monitor. You need to go read this. Uh, this talks about how, and we also have a James Dendorf also did an article about how to shim up a monitor, which right. basically talks about <clears throat> how to how to use, how to shim up the yoke in order for it to fit right. A lot of times, when you're having convergence issues that you can't can't solve just by adjusting, it's because the yoke is having an issue itself, right. and so you may have to actually physically adjust the yoke on the back of your monitor in order to get it to converge properly. And so, again, check out our um, our monitor setting up and adjusting PDF by Ingvar Carlson. Check out the uh, article, the post on our website by Jim Stendorf on setting up a monitor. Both those are really great posts. They give you a lot of great information on how to adjust the yoke, how to shim it up properly, and all that kind kind of stuff. So right. both those we highly recommend. Probably a good time to say, you know, our website's not just video. That's right. We have a lot of information and resources on our website. So if you haven't just browsed around and checked out our website, might be something you could find on there, like those posts that are really good. Right, exactly. So, um, but those two, I think in particular, would be really helpful. So make sure you check out our website. And Tim, speaking of posts and videos on our website, we're going to have a new one coming this month. Right. Okay, so I am so excited. This is me, ecstatic, because I got one done. I right. got one done. No, no applause. No applause. Which one is it? Um, it is, it is the, it's a quick one. <laughs> okay. Um, and it deals with a product that we think is the best. Okay. Okay, so he automatically knows which one that is. We've shot some videos. So We've shot several remember. videos. Um, I, I had to get a short one out first. Okay. Yeah. And so there will be a new video on post coming this month, and I know because it's already finished. Okay. Everything's done about it. Every awesome. single bit of it's done. So um, it will be posted maybe next week, maybe the week after. I don't know. We'll see. But there is a new video on post coming. There you go, Tim. All right. Cool. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. 
Uh, J, uh, JR's Vintage Toys and More. I recently got a mispack cocktail, no board. I want to turn to a 61 for my uncle. Is it possible to use an old computer monitor in this situation? And what has to be done to do so? Yes. So the 61 has a VGA output, Tim. Uh-huh. So all you have to do is make sure that you switch the 60 and 1 into VGA mode. And once you do that, you can pretty much use any off-the-shelf VGA monitor. Right. But the problem we've mentioned many times before, we'll go through it again, is that depending on the, how old a computer monitor we're talking about, any kind of computer monitor that's not made for an arcade game is going to be encased in a shell. Right. And in a cocktail cabinet, you've got a lot of heat and stuff coming up from that thing. You're going to have to really make sure you put some good fans in there. Or, um, you know, it will not come on automatically, so you're also going to have to turn it on some way. And how do you hit the button if the screen is up and you can't see it? with computer monitors, a lot of times you don't have this problem. Because computer monitors usually do, some of them, do come on whenever the power is supplied to them. But... If yours doesn't, you will have that problem. If you're putting a TV in it, then you will have that problem. Right. It really depends on what kind of computer monitor you're putting in your game, which is why we always recommend going with a arcade-quality like arcade LCD. Right, because they, LCD. number one, they handle the heat so much better. They're open frame. Exactly. And they don't have a cover on the back. Inside that cocktail cabinet is, gets really hot. If you, in fact, if you run temperature up in there, you'll see what we're talking about. And so without some adequate fans and stuff, we've seen a lot of people that have used computer monitors that end up having them go out or repeated problems because of that. Yeah, we've had to fix a couple. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and Tim's exactly right. The other problem is mounting it. And so because you don't really have a – it's not mount-friendly. Right. But when you buy an arcade-quality LCD, Tim, it usually comes with, with the mounting, mounting brackets. brackets on it. So you're ready to go. And so uh, it's really up to you. I mean, we can you can make a computer monitor work. It's just there there are some little issues like that that you'll have to deal with. But, Tim, you can get an arcade-quality LCD a lot of times for 200 150 for a 19-inch, something like that, depending on when you catch it. True. And that's really a great price, and it saves you a whole headache worth, headache's worth of trouble. So uh, we do recommend that. But, yes, using the VGA port on the 16-1 is the best way to use a computer monitor with that board. Let's see what else we have here. Uh, are we caught up? Let's. Oh, okay. Danny. Danny's here, Tim. Okay. He says, been trying to get my Vapor TRX arcade going. Uh, thought the hard drive was bad. Put a flash drive in. It says timed out. Could it be a ROM issue? I heard that when you go to flash drive uh, need new ROMs, too. Uh, it could be. Yes, um, there there may be new ROMs required for the flash drive. Different games are different ways. Um, for like the Blitz Showtime, NFL Blitz, NBA Showtime type cabinets, you do usually need a a chip in okay. order to get the flash drive working with it. I'm not sure in the Vapor TRX's particular case if you're going to need a different chip in order to get that working. You'd have to do some more research on that. I just don't know off the top of my head, but it could be that you do need another chip in order to get that working with that flash drive. And so it may be something worth researching if you're having problems. It's very a very common thing that you have to have a new a new ROM chip in order mm-hmm. to drive that, so it's not like it's something uh, we haven't seen before. But I'm not sure on Vapor TRX if that's the case. I have to do a little bit more research to know for sure. But it's definitely possible, and we would recommend. Usually, Tim, the people that you order the flash drive from will, will throw the ROM and the flash drive together as a kit because uh-huh. they know you're going to need that. But that's not always the case, or sometimes you only find the flash drive, you don't find the ROM, or vice versa. So we would highly recommend checking with the vendor that you bought the flash drive from mm-hmm. to see if they've got a ROM for it as well. So I agree. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, plastic control panel repair Bondo type product. 
Is uh, I think we talked about that. We've talked about that a little bit in the past on some of our other stuff. Is mm-hmm. it? Um, uh, what was the stuff that you used to use? The stick stuff. The steel stick. Steel stick. You like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember I like, that was really something like that it. you really were were big on. Um, but is that really plastic like? It's uh, yeah. It's like silly putty until it hardens. Gotcha. So more like a putty, but it mm-hmm. works. It work. It works can work great. pretty good on that as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I think we had some other things we talked about, but um, it, they may come to me as we continue mm-hmm. on here. So let's see what else we got here. Okay, I think we're good. Oh, and Louis's been posting links, guys, for all of the stuff we've been answering. So he, he posted a link to the Ingvar Carlson stuff. He posted a link to the LCD monitor uh, on Amazon. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff, guys. I mean, LCD monitors, like all of the vendors we recommend, most of them will sell you an LCD monitor that's ready to mount, ready to go. Right. And so we highly recommend going with those instead of something off the shelf. You know, like, And when I say off the shelf, off the shelf TV or computer monitor or something like that. So, Okay, you ready, Tim? Yep. Next Let question. us continue on. This one is from Rounding Third, and Tim being a big baseball fan, okay. I think it's an awesome name. So. Well, it's a baseball game. Exactly. It's a baseball game, too. Would anyone be able to tell me what is wrong with my clutch hitter game? The monitor is the monitor shot. Dirty or possibly a bad connection on the motherboard. Players are missing, and the stadium selection boxes are blank. There seems to be missing pixels as well as red lines that dominate the screen. I don't know anything about arcade games. I don't even know what to call the screen that looks that way. I've been in my gar- it's been in my garage and turned on only rarely, and in summer I was told not to turn it on cold. Any help or points in the right direction would be appreciated. And Tim, we have the YouTube link there, and it's also down below in the show notes. So if you guys want to actually check out the YouTube video, you can. But Tim, we do have a picture of it, which I'll show here in a right. second, Tim. But I mean, let's just take his description here real quick. He says it's missing pixels, and the stadium, the players are missing, and the stadium selection boxes are blank. Right. Okay, so right there, that's telling me. Probably not a monitor issue. No, he's right? got some chip problems right. that are surprise so ROMs. Issues. Exactly, yeah, ROMs. like if you so the ROMs usually hold the sprite information, uh-huh. Tim. And so if he's missing these sprites, more yeah. than likely he's got some bad ROMs on the board. Now it could be it could be some other things as well. It could be bad memory. It could be some other stuff. But a lot of times, if you're not loading sprites, it's because you don't have sprites to load. If that makes yeah. sense, we need to we need to watch our video though on uh, checking on our keyboard. It could just it could just be that they need to be reseated or cleaned or something like that. But more than likely, he's going to need to get a new set of chips. Yeah, and I'm thinking that too, Tim. Now, the one thing we always say, though, Tim, is anytime you're having board-type issues, you check wanna, your power supply, Exactly. Right? You do want to always start at power. Always start at power. Now, in this particular case, I don't know if it's going to help much. Now, Tim, another thing I think that's funny is he says um, he only turns it on in the summertime. Because okay. he was told not to turn it on when it was cold. What do you think about that? Well, uh, no, that... Generally, and we're talking... Unless you live in Antarctica, I don't think that the generally cold... I mean, is it great for games? Yeah, they're designed to be indoor, designed at room temperature temperature and stuff. If it's out in your backyard, you might have something to worry about. But most games can handle pretty cold weather. Um, But, you know, a good heater in your game room wouldn't be a bad idea either. Absolutely. If it's in your garage, you can put a heater by it. It may not be a bad idea as well. But, Tim, I think we're both on the same page here. If you're above freezing, you know, you should be okay. Sounds good. So I think we're both on the same page here about it being a board issue. So let's just go ahead and talk about that for a second here. The fact that you are missing the players during gameplay in the stadiums on the select screen indicates you're probably experiencing some sort of issue with your game board. And Tim, I have the screenshot over here. Uh, This is him playing the game. And as you can see, no hitter, no pitcher. So (laughs) it's really hard to play baseball with no hitter and no pitcher. So there you go. Uh, With that said, start off this repair by making sure your power supply is working properly. Check out our post on checking and replacing a power supply for more info. And then go to our post on inspection 
expecting an arcade board. Tim, in this particular case, he'll probably need to replace some, some ROM chips, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And he may have some other issues as well with the board. But the inspecting an arcade board would be a great place for him to start with this repair. So rounding third, hopefully that answers your question. And good luck getting your clutch hitter back up and working. And Tim, the fact that it was working recently also makes me think it could be power supply too. I mean, yeah. it was working recently. So, okay. um, you know, you never know. But, you know, sometimes boards go out recently. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it can be a combination of things. So. Okay, Tim, we got a couple here. I saw, um, let's see, Papa Gaben says, I have a trophy hunter, bear and moose. Both guns shoot, but the bullets basically appear randomly on the screen. No accuracy whatsoever. Tim, whenever we have light gun games, the best thing to do is to go into the settings for the light gun game and calibrate them. Right. right? There should be some kind of calibration screen in your main menu or in your settings. Right. So if you go to your test mode in your game, you should be able to calibrate the guns from that test menu. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, we have a video, too, on troubleshooting light gun issues, we which do. we highly recommend. So if you haven't checked that out, please check that out as well. But, Tim, you'd be surprised what a good calibration will do to your gun. A gun that seems like it's not working at all, once being calibrated, will start working perfectly. Sure. So it really makes a good difference. And anytime you move a light gun game, it's oh, a good yeah. idea to go ahead and recalibrate. So... Let's see what else we have here. <clears throat> um, people were saying, uh, when does uh, Holland typically have sales? Every holiday. Yes. July 4th, they will have a sale. Yeah, generally speaking. July 4th, there will be a sale. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are, you know, if you guys are looking to get a little bit of a discount, Tim, they run 10 to 15% off typically during mm-hmm. their sales. You need to get on their mailing list if you're not already. HollandCompeers.com. Get on their mailing list and they will send you an email every time they have a sale. We highly recommend uh, ordering from them. They have some of the best parts that you can buy. And we know Bill. We've talked to Bill. We like him a lot. And so uh, Holland Computers. You know, if you if you want to wait for a sale, mm-hmm. Tim, their regular prices are not bad. We should say that the regular yeah. prices are not bad if you need something. But if you want to get that extra ten or fifteen percent off, then wait for a good holiday. Get on their mailing list. You'll get an email. So. There you go. Okay, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Geeklight08 says, "I have a Hyper Neo Geo 64 driving game, and I would like to convert to LCD. Any recommendations for LCDs for sit-down driving games?" Tim, same recommendations we give for every other LCD. You want to buy arcade quality. I mean, right. that's what it comes down to. So buy something that is intended to go in. Tim, they make 27-inch um, LCD monitors. 26-inch. 26-inch LCD monitors that they fit like okay. the 25-inch um, openings. Yeah, most a lot of sites, too, will sell a bezel for that for right. driving games like Hap, Bets, and stuff. They'll have a bezel that they sell. You probably should pick one of those up, too, because it won't quite look right under your current bezel exactly and so it's a really great uh, it, it makes it really easy when you get the monitor with the mounts already installed and you get the bezel that's already mm-hmm. ready to go into the cabinet and so um arcade quality is always, always what we want to recommend so you can do it from betson you can do it and tim you've had a lot of interactions with betson i know recently mm-hmm. right because you guys buy your entire game package from them right, right? and so how would you rate betson overall as a customer service company oh their customer service is really good so if you have any questions about doing this you give them a call and they probably oh, yeah. have up with it yeah because they want to sell you the parts right for sure exactly mm-hmm. so you may look at betson.com they've got a lot of locations all over the united states mm-hmm. right including one in the dallas area which is the one that obviously we we talk to but you can they have them in different places you can uh, talk to them and they'll help you out help you define um the, the parts that you may need for your project as well so let's see what else we've got here uh let's see enjoy show oh uh john john Mellon says i enjoy your show thank oh. you Thank you, John. Man, there's a lot of people here tonight. Well, you know, uh, you know, you know what the, you know what we are. We are what? pregame for the NHL finals. That's, that's what we are. You're watching the NHL finals pregame. Blues versus the Bruins. Okay, and we're going for the Blues. 
You're welcome, Matty Mo. So there you go. We'll talk about more more about that in the, the after show. In fact, we'll probably cross over with the hockey in the after show. But anyway, uh, uh, so we're we're uh, NHL so hockey no, pregame. No basketball tonight. Huh? Yeah, uh, is there basketball tonight? Oh, That's no. tomorrow night. Is, is that tomorrow night? What about Toronto? Huh? Right. Crazy. Yeah. I I I would never thought. No. Uh, but anyway, we're getting off topic, Tim. Oh, and we have Mr. Silver Mania. Cheers from the Buckeye State. Always. Right. No, thank you for being here. Man, we got so many people here tonight. You guys are awesome. Great live stream. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Milestar Electronics. Did I say yes. it right that time? Okay, let's okay, let us continue on here. Okay. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm wasting all my energy, Tim. We gotta okay. continue on here. We'll never get through this. Okay, next question is from Anthony, and Anthony says, To be blunt and honest, I don't have a lot of time to watch all your videos to try to find my answer subscriber here so he says he's a subscriber. so we got a lot of videos out we there, do huh? have a lot of videos not as we many as some people but okay. we have a lot of videos i don't know much about electronics and i don't know much about arcade games like y'all do what i do have is some resemblance of aptitude and can figure out things or figure things out except electronics and electrical issues that being said, I have a Blitz 99 cabinet that worked perfectly for a year after I purchased it, circa 2008. And by 2014, it worked fine. It worked just fine until it warmed up and the screen would go on the fritz and you couldn't play it anymore. I have not recorded it, but I can post it on YouTube. What do I need to check first for this issue? And is it a common issue for this cabinet? The I own two total, previously mentioned one, and a Mario vs. cab that was once a Donkey Kong Jr., that one, as far as I have researched, needs a monitor recap. If you can point me in the right direction to figure out why my Blitz monitor is on the fritz, please, I am all ears. Princey's eyes. <laughs> so then, thanks. Right. Please keep your channel going. I see a resurgence coming of these old classics. Looking for an original Gauntlet 4 player, just saying, LOL. All so, right. just <laughs> so throw there you go. Gotta throw that out there in yeah, case somebody's know. watching, you know, hey, I'm looking to sell a Gauntlet 4 mm, player, right. whatever the case may be. So, Tim, we got uh, Anthony here. He's had this Blitz 99, it sounds like for a while. Uh huh. And it's worked pretty well, but now when it warms up, it starts to go on the fritz a little bit, okay? Right. So uh, what do you think is going on here with this monitor, Tim? This is, I mean, pretty common, obviously, for monitors over time uh, to, to kind of have some issues because, you know, I mean, heat and other things. And so what right. do you think is going on with Anthony's monitor Is The game is still playing fine, right. but your monitor just kind of whacks out on you. That's probably indication that you're time to do a cap kit on it, right. which is what we always recommend. First step. First step. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, some, as they warm up, those capacitors are the ones that are starting to fail are really giving him some issues. So that's exactly where I would start. And um, like you said, he may not be the best at electronics, but, and we do have a lot of videos, but some of those earlier videos really will help. He's really going to need to go back and watch us do a cap kit, watch us talk about those things, or at least watch a video on how to remove the chassis so we can send it off for repair. Sure, exactly. And so, uh, Tim, I'm with you here. Uh, let's go ahead and go here. Very, it's very possible that you have some bad capacitors in the horizontal vertical sink sections or in the power supply section of your monitor chassis, Tim. We highly recommend installing a cap kit. See if it helps the issue. See our post on installing a cap kit for more information. Tim, that's always like our first go-to. Yeah. Now, um, if you continue to have problems after the cap kit, then it could be caused by other components in the vertical and horizontal and maybe power supply sections of your monitor chassis. Please let us know we'll try to help you out further and tim this is always important make sure you tell us the make and monitor uh, uh, model of your monitor chassis that helps a lot with the troubleshooting process oh boy yes. does it ever because every monitor 
a lot of the concepts are the same for all monitor chassis, but the locations of where those parts are are totally different depending on the monitor chassis you have. And so while the concepts all hold true for most monitors, there are a lot of uh, different places where the different components can be located. So if you need additional help, please let us know your make and model of your monitor chassis, and we'll try to help you out further. But CapKit's always a great place to start, Tim. And we have a link to the What's My Monitor page on Bob Roberts' site on our Installing a CapKit post. So if you go over there, you find the post, uh, you'll see the link there, help you identify your monitor if you don't know what you have. Tim, anything else here? No, I think that's a good place to start. Cool. And and you know what? Paul Dre says, new caps and reflow of solder. Yeah. And and Paul would know, I'm just telling you. One of the things I was thinking was the reflow of the solder, because sometimes that will cause it just from the solder, just heating up and... You know, not feel they've got a cracked solder yeah, joint somewhere. Yeah, cold cracked or broken solder joints, yep. man. They cause all sorts of issues. I mean, we've seen it touch up one solder joint, whole monitor works. It's yep. amazing. So, mm-hmm. yes, always reflowing solder. Great stuff. And um, Paul Dre says K7500 in that game. Um, I think mine, I can't remember what mine has in it because I have a Blitz 2000. I think it's uh, 7900, something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I can't remember. So, um, but it has, yeah, it's a K7000 series monitor. I know right. that, but I'm not wait, real sure of the actual model so um but yeah it's probably one of those k7000 style model uh, models i would think mm-hmm. for sure so okay tim let us continue on here how many more do we have we got a couple more here okay the next one is from josh and josh says mm-hmm. i'm not even sure what this is called i'm going to call it diagonal cascade okay this is in an arcade legends that i'm fighting with i had to reset the cmos but before that i managed to get the monitor dialed in it does this every so often though not sure what to Google. And Tim, he gave us a YouTube link mm-hmm. uh, for the video, and you guys can go and check that out. But Tim, we've already seen the video, right. okay? And it kind of it kind of looks like what we would call out of sync, right? Um, so it very very much like a sync issue. Now, if you guys want to check out the video, you can. Uh, but Tim, I mean, whenever you have sync issues like that due to the CMOS, it seems like it would be you know maybe there was a setting in the CMOS or something that may have gotten lost when he reset it. Maybe right? so. Now he says he only does it every so often, so it could be uh, so. kind of like what we were talking about with. Paul, it could just be the, uh, a cold character bo- broken solder joint or a, a cut in his sink wire, right. for instance, going or from just his a board. Or barely tweak on a vertical or a horizontal hole right. that could just, you know, occasionally as it gets bumped or whatever or heats up. Maybe that will help dial it in a little bit. And too. we've seen uh, sync issues be caused by uh, low B plus voltage as well. So make sure you have your B plus voltage dialed in. With all that said, I mean sync issues, Tim. I mean, there's a lot of different places to kind of look for those. And so um, in this particular case, though, it does definitely look like a sync issue. The fact that you had the screen dialed in before you reset CMOS. You know, I said maybe it means that there's some setting that got wiped that held the information. But, Tim, he says sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. So the fact that that's the case, that seems like more of a monitor chassis issue. And I didn't read it real close the first Mm -hmm. time, but it does seem like more of a monitor chassis issue. At this point, you might try hooking up a computer monitor because, Tim, that'll see if it syncs up. If it does, then you can look through the settings to see if there's one. And, Tim, Chicago Gaming Company, who makes those, still still around. around. So you can call them for help as well. But uh, with sync issues like this, you definitely want to check your sync your sync wire going from the board to the monitor and then trace that sync through the chassis as well. So where the sync comes in from the board, that pin, follow that pin back through the chassis and see if there's anything else on that line that may be causing you issues. Correct. I mean, that's always a good thing to uh, to try to do when we have different sync issues like that. So, Josh, hopefully answers your question and good luck getting that sync issue with your Arcade Legends arcade game all ironed out. Okay, Tim, we have Danny. I was told I needed a cap kit for my Lethal Enforcers. It plays great for a while, then the monitor shrinks. 
to a small line in the middle of mm. the monitor. So it sounds like here, Danny, you probably got some monitor collapse. You need to listen to this next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do we have? Oh. No way. What a segue. No way. What a segue. Danny, you are you are on top of this. Here we go, Tim. Uh, so, Danny, listen carefully. We're going to cover Jay's question. Hey there. I just found your YouTube channel today. I have a Pac-Man game, and all I see is a vertical line in the middle of the screen when the game is powered on. Is this a simple adjustment, or is the picture too bad? Thanks. Well, Tim, guess what? All right. It's not a simple adjustment. But the picture tube is not bad. Right. So I mean, mm-hmm. so we're kind of in the middle here, Jay. And with Danny, this is yours as well. So um, what we're experiencing here is monitor collapse. Right. Okay, and this happens whenever you have, whenever like you're basically your whole thing shrinks down to one little line, monitor collapse, a, a deflection issue. Right. It's like a lot of times, a lot of times it's vertical deflection. Right. Okay. If you're really skilled, you could still play it. <laughs> there you go, in but, one little line. But not very, it's very hard. Right. So um, it sounds like obviously, and from uh, from Danny's description and Jay's description, it sounds like they're both experiencing classic cases of vertical collapse. This is caused by an issue with the vertical deflection on your monitor chassis. You want to make sure you check all the components in the vertical section of your monitor chassis to see if they're working properly. The vertical section of most monitors consists of a vertical IC chip, Tim, along mm-hmm. with some other components. Please see our post and video on repairing monitor collapse issues for more information. Now, here's the thing. With Jay's issue, his vertical IC may be totally bad. Right. With Danny's issue, this could, this could be a, a cracked, cold, or broken solder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because the fact that... The, the fact that he is, sometimes it shrinks down and sometimes it doesn't, mm-hmm. I would say reflow all the solder on Danny's. Don't right. replace any parts and see if that fixes it. On Jay's, though, right, probably already you gone. may need to just go ahead and replace the vertical IC. Um, and, I mean, there can be other components, too, around that area that can cause it. But, I mean, anything around the vertical IC is fair game, if that right. makes sense. So you also need to take a look at it. But, um, like I said, it really depends on what's going on. But both these are, Tim, classic cases of vertical collapse. Right. And so, in Danny's case, though, the fact was, that it's working most of the time, in your case, just reflow the solder on the chassis, especially around the vertical What game was Danny's? His was the Lethal Enforcers. Yeah, see, one thing that used to confuse me when I was new, because you call it vertical collapse. Right. But it... it but it's a horizontal on, line. Right, it's a horizontal line. On a horizontal monitor. That's because if the monitor was up, like Jay's in the picture... It would be a vertical. Now, this is not Jay's. This is this is what this is what we. Uh, right. I just you took, took this from picture. our website. This right. is on a Sega Turbo, but this is vertical collapse on a vertically mounted. See, monitor. that used to always confuse me. But don't get confused because if you turn that monitor sideways, Danny, that would be what yours looks like. Exactly. Correct. So we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, and you see, Paul says start nope. the yoke and work your way through the circuit. That's another way you can do it. Mm-hmm. And so you can definitely start the yoke and just work your way through. That works as well. But, um, you know, we always, we like to go off the vertical IC just because I think of that as the vertical section of the monitor. And so we know that a lot of time, a lot of times these issues are caused by something in that section. You, I mean, so that's why we like to look for that. But I mean, you can, there's a million different ways to do a million different things. And I think starting at the yoke is another good way to get through the circuit as well. I agree. So there we go. So let's see what else here. I'm looking. Sorry, Tim. Looking through here. Okay, Joe says, "Is a crafty McMonder test pattern generator good investment to adjust asteroids, Tempest, Pac-Man, Berserk, Centipede, Sega Turbo, Galaga, and Galaxian?" Uh, so it's okay for a vertical Tempest monitor. Okay, so here's the deal. I don't think that the crafty McMonder test pattern generator works on vector games. I'm not for right. sure. Not I'm for not sure. sure because I mean we haven't um, we haven't had one here in a little bit, um, but um, yeah I don't think it works on the vectors. So asteroids tempest may be out of the question for that for using that. Mm-hmm. If somebody who has one could probably tell us, uh, but I don't I'm not for sure that it works. 
with them. Um, I don't games. know. So, but it would work on your centipedes, on your Pac-Mans. It works sure. very well on those. But on the vector games, not sure that's going to work for you. So, like on the vast majority of your games, it's probably going to work okay. But those vector games, you, you may not work uh, quite as you're thinking it's going to work. So, mm-hmm. just uh, just a heads up on that. Uh, let's see what else we have. Okay, I think we're caught up. Cool. Okay. okay. Let us continue on here, Tim. And Tim, it looks like this is our last little bit of questions, and I just entitled this one, Other Questions from Our Website. Okay. Is that good enough? So Patrick, I have a full-size GORF machine that has a that has two-inch vertical white stripes moving from right to left across the monitor. Any ideas? Okay. So that's pretty common. We, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we hear that about that one a lot. So, And then we have Morgan that says, Hello, I would like to open an arcade and just started, I just started researching the topic. I'm trying to find some resources on getting started. Do you have any useful places to start? Buying cabinets, pinball machines, vending machines, and so on. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. So um, let's see here, Tim. So Patrick first. He's got two-inch vertical white stripes moving from right to left across the monitor, Tim. That sounds pretty common. Yeah. So um, a lot of people like to call that jail bars. Um, yeah. And I've heard jail bars used to describe a lot of different things, but um, uh, it seems like this is also, uh, a lot of people consider this Scan, jail scale bars, yeah, or whatever something. you want to call it. So um, what do you think, so what can Patrick do in order to fix these two-inch white stripes? Well, most of the time your brightness is just way high. Right. Or your contrast, and you can just dial those back sometimes and your picture will show up. And I think we talked about this last time, Tim. If you turn the brightness down on the flyback mm-hmm. and up on the chassis, right. a lot of times that helps it. It seems to. So, I mean, you may try that. Uh, down on the flyback, up on the chassis, seems like that works really well. Now, Tim, what about Morgan that's just looking for some resources about how to buy games and different things like that? Well, number one, if you're thinking that you're going to get rich or or this is a huge money-making deal, you're in the wrong business. Uh, there, nobody out there... It's just making hands over fist money right now. Right. Uh, I mean, there's people that make a living out of it, obviously. I work for one and have worked for some, but nobody's making a killing. So if you, this is your goal to retire by the time you're age 40 and live on the beach. It's not, Don't get into arcade yeah. games. <laughs> In fact, if your goal is, if you, you really need to invest some money that you can't afford to lose because it, it really is tough. It's tough to make it. Uh, so that would be my first thing. Uh, Resource-wise, you could contact a game preserve and ask them about uh, or check out their website. Yes. And you can, I'm sure they would ask, Be as long as you're not a competitor in their area, we'll probably be able to tell you about their business model, which I think is great. We had an old podcast, Tim, I think live from the Hag one year, where we interviewed all of them, all the owners of the game preserve, and they gave their basically their advice for opening an arcade, which I thought was pretty cool. Okay. So you may go back and find that podcast. It was at one of the Houston uh, Expos, Tim. I can't remember which one, but um, that may be an option for you. Um, but as far as resources go, Tim, I mean, uh, one thing that's check out good, our resources page. We have a ton of people on there. The so more you can buy that, games, everything. Uh, games, my, as my owner found out, by buying a whole bunch of brand new games that, you know, most people think they're just going to buy a bunch of new games, they'll work forever, and nothing will ever go wrong with them. He quickly learned out that's not true. Right. And uh, the warranties on them don't last a super long time. Uh, Knowing how to fix games will greatly help you. Otherwise, you're going to be paying a lot for repairs or expensive for a tech that works full-time that can do that for you. So factor that in. If you're pretty salty and you know how to fix games, that will save you a lot of money. Yes, it will. So it also will... Um, allow you to buy some games at a good deal that aren't quite working 100% because you can fix them. Right. And that will save you a ton of money. 
so, you know, we really are talking about a money issue. And then, um, but, you know, there are guys, obviously, there there's a lot of barcades and places that are opening. They're staying in opening, and they're, they're, they're at least making a living out of it. So um, my advice is to know your law, local laws. Number one, because everything is taxed. And here you have City, to have... County, state... Even yeah, city, county, state, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, laws all the way around. And so municipal. No, <laughs> what you know, and municipality. You know, one time, Jonathan, we thought we were going to open an arcade, and we found a great location, and we just thought that we talked to the owner about the rent, the price was right. We were ready to move in, and he said, "What kind of business?" And we told him, and he had no interest in renting to an arcade. Correct. So, finding the right location really matters, and I think it still would have been a great location. Oh, yeah. But he had no interest. That in, place is empty right now. Yeah, he did not, did not want to rent to an arcade. So lo, it really is location helps. Uh, having games and sources for games. Um, talk to people who buy a lot of games. Uh, there's a lot of them. Uh, we Still could, auctions around. Yeah. You can buy new games from places like Hap and Betson. Right. So if you want to go the new game route. Uh, so there, there's places to get games. You can still mm-hmm. get games. So a Betson will love to talk to you right, yeah. <laughs> and charge you a ton of money, right? right? They will love to do that for you. So anything else? No, I, I think that you know, just you know, you can ask some specific questions sometimes if you want to contact us personally. My biggest deal is that you know I, I don't want to put rain on anybody's parade because I think that it's neat that people want to open arcades and stuff. I just having had a business that failed uh been a part of the arcade business now for 30 years um you know i would highly recommend that you just do just do your homework do your research and really be willing to uh throw some money into it Uh, and and you need to have something nobody else has yeah absolutely Um, you know tim i saw um arcadeheroes.com want to throw a big shout out to them because we get a lot of our news from them they always have a location opening type post where they show uh all the new locations opening somebody was opening what i thought was a great idea something i thought about an ice cream parlor slash arcade okay which i thought was really good uh you know but there's a lot of barcades out there they're doing really well like you mentioned tim Mm -hmm. pizza and arcades have always gotten together forever so i mean there are business models that work I think you may be right Stand as far alone as... alone arcades struggle. Yeah. Not, not everywhere. Right. If you're in colder climates, right. a standalone arcade can do well. But when you're in a climate like ours where, Tim... There's people who'd rather be at the go, lake. Exactly. You can be outside and things like that. I think it's tougher for a standalone arcade to make it here than it would be in a colder environment. Maybe so. So, I mean, and I saw it from my, um, <clears throat> I saw it from my uh, uncle who owned a bingo hall in, uh, in the Canada. Right. You know, here bingo halls are okay... There he was always busy because wow. you know what nine months out of the year it's snowing right so, <laughs> so you know you don't have anywhere to go but the bingo hall you're not going outside so I agree um, but anyway so there you go guys um, let's see oh here we go Paragon Twenty One I opened our kid in downtown area and had to deal with the city council for two months because they had an ordinance in place that didn't allow amusement facilities knowing your see? local law is so important right Tim yeah Big very time. important know your city know your uh, states, your county, or your municipality—all that kind of law stuff is very important because right. you have and, to you have to follow the law. In Texas, shut you, down. you have to have a license to repair games. Correct. Yes, we so, do. We mm-hmm. do. We have a license mm-hmm. to repair games. It's not very much. Just no. to repair. Right. Now, if you want your operator license, that's more. You have to more. have an operator license, say, too. If you want to do operation, that's more. Repairing is one. Tim, but they're doing away with the plumbing license here kind of off topic did you hear about that no i didn't hear about so apparently that. here in texas um for the longest time you had to have a plumbing license right in order to plumb 
<laughs> so in order to work on indoor plumbing. Okay. But now they're doing away with that. That's and crazy. And there's a lot of plumbers that aren't very happy with it. The plumber, right. you know, the plumbers unions here are right. very upset, as you would imagine. So, I've not heard this. Yes, this this is here in Texas. Something that's been going on. But uh, I think that having a license, though. I mean, I'm not saying I like giving the state of Texas money necessarily all the time for that, right. but it does kind of make it more credible. The plumbers have to pass a test now, right, in order to say that they're credible plumbers. Their repair guys, arcade repair guys, don't, but no. you know the um, the plumbers we do. Pay money. So exactly, we just pay money. But um, but so you know, I think sometimes those licenses are valuable because it does let you know at least that whoever is doing your stuff is reputable to a certain extent, right? Exactly, it is helpful in that way. So anyway, okay, well I think we covered both those. Tim, I'll go ahead and throw the slide up here though. Okay. So Patrick's question was about the the white lines. Tim, from your description, it sounds like you're experiencing an issue. Some people describe as jail bars. In this in this case, try turning down the brightness on your fly bag, turning up the brightness on your monitor chassis. See if that helps. And Tim, we have a post on adjusting an arcade monitor that he needs to check out as well. Um, Paul also mentioned dirty power can do that. So if the power, you know, if your your power supply section your monitor is having some issues, or or if you have dirty power coming into your game, then yeah, that can also cause some little jail bar things like that as well. Yep. And Morgan, you mentioned all the stuff that you mentioned, Tim, but I also want to mention that we have a resources page. If you're looking for resources at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources that you should definitely check out that will help you out. And our website is a great resource, right? That's true. So we've been around for a long time now, so there you go. But uh, anyway, so hopefully that answers those questions. And Tim, we are done with the prepared questions for this episode. We have one in the chat room. Uh, oh, um, YouTube Punk is at asking Paragon21 what his arcade was called. And it was called Carolina Arcade Museum. Oh. So there you go. So, oh, we got Brazil. Golly, we got somebody from Brazil in here, Tim. Awesome. What time is it there? I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I like asking that. I'm like, what time is it there? He just, yeah, it, it's it's always fun to know. So, Eleven o'clock. <clears throat> there you go. I'm guessing. So anyway, okay, Tim, uh, it's your tech tip. All right. So uh, and this has been something that um, I've been seeing some posts about. Looks pretty cool, and uh, you'll have to explain it to us here, a little bit here. But I'll throw up the slide and I'll okay. let you talk. So. Well, this month's tech tip is about the Hot Rod Arcade release of the Pokey One. Okay, mm-hmm. the Pokey One is that like is yeah. that like the mm-hmm. one poke? Just Pokey once? I think or? it's like Pokey and one of the Pac Man characters. Oh, something. gotcha. Okay, Pokey One. Right. So, placement uh, for the Pokey chips was used to generate audio. Okay. Yeah, and these chips, Tim, you find them on a lot of Atari boards, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that what we're getting at here? So, go ahead. Yeah. So, anyway, it's a audio replacement chip. That will help with the sound and stuff like that. And it's kind of all in one chip. Uh, you know probably as m- more about it than I do, John. What, what are you... Well, the thing I know, I mean, I know that's FPGA. Okay. Which FPGA, Tim, is basically a way that people are simulating hardware. Okay. It's a hardware simulation that makes it almost perfect. Okay, so like when you use an FPGA to simulate a piece of hardware, it's almost like running it on identical hardware. It's It's not not like like an emulation, right? An emulation is like software, using software to to try to emulate the hardware, right? This is hardware that, that basically simulates the original hardware. If that okay. makes sense. So um so an FPGA, I mean you see these a lot, Tim. People like them because they're way more accurate than an emulation would be. Okay, because an emulation is all done through software. This is done at a hardware level. And so it's almost like running it on the identical hardware that it ran on initially, which is really cool. Nice. So, um, but these, Tim, I've seen these chips on some of the games like Centipede and Star Wars and Missile Command and stuff like that. And some of these boards, Tim, I've noticed use multiple Pokey chips. Okay. You may have noticed that too. And so, depending on how many of these you have on your board now, you may need more than one. Okay, but um, these go in the same slots where the Pokey chips are now, and they're 40 bucks a chip. 
Okay. So, I mean, but, you know, Tim, for the longest time, there was no replacement. Right. So, I mean, you know, if you didn't have the replacement, um, you know, it didn't work. And uh, YouTube Punk says RK Jason has an interview with the Pokechip creator. So there you go. Um, but Hara Arcade is selling them, Tim. Again, they're $40 per chip, which includes shipping. Not Which bad. is very nice. So, I mean, yeah. But if you've got games where you're having some sound issues now, some Atari games, Tim, I think it's really cool. But, um, I mean, you know, I don't know if you've actually... Um, Centipede boards, to me, were, were real notorious for that. Yeah, sound issues and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, exactly. So, for those of you guys who have any of these games, though, you can, you know, if you're having sound issues, you can now get this chip, and this chip will take care of a lot of them for you, So, which is really nice. So, But, uh, yeah, the Pokey One, there you go. So, it's um, it's uh, $40, Tim. If you need multiples, buy multiples, but uh, you can revive the sound on some of those old Atari boards that you may have around. So. And what's cool is the one chip works on all the different ones. Exactly. That That's is really cool. cool. Yeah, exactly. So you don't uh, have to get the missile command chip or the right. Right. So and the cool thing, and Tim, it's kind of like what we talked about with, with the um, with the little CPS two one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the little CPS two was Infinity Key. Right. It's like the Infinity Key works for all sorts of different boards. It's amazing the cool little new things that we're starting to see in the arcade repair community. Tim, they're helping us to revive these games. So it's really cool stuff. But uh, anyway, let us continue on here, Tim. So we had a social media post, Tim, that kind of brought up a topic that I think we should talk about. Okay. So this was a social media post here. Okay. Tired of having to break out a dolly every time you want to move an arcade game? Pick up this four-pack of two-inch swivel caster wheels with safety dual locking for only thirteen fifty-nine when you use the promo code. And we posted this on our, on our Facebook page. Well, Tim, we got a lot of feedback from people. Okay. Okay. That were saying... You know, you shouldn't put caster wheels on your arcade games. Okay. Or you should put caster wheels mm-hmm. on your arcade games. And so I heard a lot of different backs and back and forths, I guess. Uh-huh. A lot of little arguments. And, you know, I thought she to thought, myself... Why not? Why not? <laughs> so um, here we go, guys. Tonight's arcade debate. Should caster wheels be installed on arcade cabinets? Tim, I think you're playing your hand here. <laughs> okay. Um, he's playing his hand here a little bit. But, um, uh, yeah, so... That's the thing. I mean, so guys, there's a lot of benefits to putting right. caster wheels on the bottoms uh, on the bottom of uh, arcade cabinets, and there's a lot of what what would you say disadvantages to doing that. Well, Don't get into it yet. We won't get into it. But um, you know, we're gonna go ahead and debate this tonight. So, Tim, here you go. Get your sword out, man. We're about ready to do this, and uh, guys, we're gonna do the arcade debate. We're gonna reset here for just a second, and then we'll come right back. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Arcade Debate segment for this evening. And, Tim, we've got a good one tonight. Uh, we recently posted on our social media pages that there was a deal for some caster wheels, and we had recommended maybe installing these on the bottom of your arcade cabinet. Well, when we did that, Tim, we had several people who said that they wanted to do that and several people who said they did not want to do that. So I thought this would make a perfect topic for tonight's arcade debate. So should caster wheels be installed on arcade cabinets? Now, Tim, I'm going to let you take whichever side you want. What do you think, Tim? Should caster wheels be installed on arcade cabinets? I'm going to uh, go with the opposition side and say no this time. Okay, well, I'm going to say that they should be installed on arcade cabinets. And, Tim, I'm going to let you have the first word. Go. Well, you know, it's kind of like if you want to be a purist and you want to keep your games as classic, if they didn't come with them, then they just don't seem right. They make them taller. When you're playing, you're, you know, the control panel should be down here and it's a little higher. It just feels weird. And plus, when you're pushing, like if you lean up against it and the game moves or whatever, it, to me, it takes away from the classic feel. Well, Tim, here's the deal. 
you've had back surgery. Okay? Yes. Yes, you have. Probably I know need you another have. one. And you probably need another one. You know why you had back surgery, Tim? Right. Because you were moving heavy. arcade games. And that's what caster wheels are designed to help you do is move arcade games. If you had all your games on wheels, would you need the back surgery? I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, I do feel like there's a benefit to it because it makes them way easier to move. As we all know, arcade games are heavy. Even though they're empty, they're very heavy. The <laughs> monitor and all the wood, it, it can be very tough to move. And Tim, you pretty much have to break out a dolly anytime you do it, but that takes a lot of force on your part in order, to, in order to move it. And so with caster wheels, basically, Tim, all you have to do is lock them in place or unlock them in place, and then you can move the game freely as you need to. Now, I understand your argument about them being a little bit taller but isn't a little bit taller okay if it means saving your back from a world of pain i'm just saying well if you are in the arcade moving business maybe but most of your games that donkey kong has been over there for five years <laughs> now that donkey kong has wheels on the back of it it does that's not right. have full casters but it does have wheels on the back and that's what i say you can put the rear wheels like in the donkey kong or some other game cabinets that do make them a little easier i agree you're right uh, if you are going to move your games around a lot, uh, we if you're had, an arcade rental company. Right. We are renting arcade games. You know, to we every we had a we had a particular friend, and he loved to put these games casters Stan. on there. And um, but he liked to he really did like to change the looks of his game room up a lot. I could see where it'd come to advantage in that. But to me, it's all about keeping everything just kind of like it was. And um, newer games have them, so I'm. You, it's not like I'm not accustomed to them. But to modify a classic game, to me, it takes away the feel of the gameplay when it's taller or it moves or wiggles around on you. And let's talk about repair for a second. Can I talk about that? Like, let's <laughs> say you're working on the front of the game and you need to go to the back of the game. Okay? If you got caster wheels, you just rotate it. Right. Okay? What do you have to do if you don't have that? You just muscle you up. You gotta dolly it, or you gotta, you gotta force <laughs> you gotta it around, it. you gotta wiggle it, you gotta do a lot of work in order to get that game turned around. Tim, the caster wheels make your job super simple. Now, with that said, you need to make sure you get some, if you have the swivel casters, make sure you get the dual locking ones that lock both the wheel and the rotation. That's very important. There are wheels that do both. But Tim, I feel like for a lot of people it can be a great benefit because again, moving arcade games is cumbersome, it's difficult, and having caster wheels makes it very easy to push them around with little trouble. Well, have Having said that, the post you talked we talked about earlier, they were also on sale. There's right. also a cost involved. Now we're not talking about the two dollar ones you can pick up at Harbor Freight. If they're right. gonna lock and stuff, they're not that cheap. A good locking caster wheel could cost you fifteen to twenty dollars. So you're looking at sixty to eighty dollars per cabinet. Now you got a lot of cabinets. The that ones we had on sale were about fifteen bucks for a four set. Why? 15 bucks for a four set. That's $15 per game. Now, it can get a little expensive, but Tim, that? who of us hasn't spent money on making <laughs> all of our locks match on all of our games? This guy right, right. here did it, okay? And so we have all spent money to make all of our games very uniform. Adding caster wheels to all your games not only makes your game room easy to move around if you want to move different games in different places, it also can be very beneficial to you when you sell the game and you need to move it. And so I think in both cases, or repairing games, as we mentioned before. So I do think they can be a great benefit to you. I understand your point about it being a little bit taller, maybe not playing quite as good as the original or whatever. But Tim, two inches is not that much. Two inches is not that much. This is not that much. And so you're really not dealing wow. with that much of a clearance. And I think for a lot of people who want to move games easily, it's worth it. I'm going to give you the last word. Well, we know we all know that every guy would like to have an extra couple inches. But <laughs> having said that, um, 
you know, we're not talking about this flash 15-second Amazon sale. Most of them are going to cost you more than that. But you know what? It really is about a preference, and some people like them, some people don't. Uh, I, w- I would probably highly recommend that you try it, or especially for your bigger games that are really beasts to move. You know, a Nintendo game's not that hard to move, really. Sure, right. But uh, that NFL blitz over there yes. is kind of tough. So maybe, guys, you would want to do that. What do you guys think? What it, what what do you do? Do you put wheels on your games, or how does it how do how do you do your game moving, or does it just sit on a dolly all the time and you just move it whenever you want to? Um, anyway, we'll t- leave so, it up to the audience. There now. you go. The debate is over. You decide. Let us know what you guys think. If you guys are watching this on on Facebook or Twitter, please leave your message in the comment section or reply back to us. And thanks for joining us tonight for the arcade debate. And hopefully, you'll be back next time for our next episode. Okay, Tim, we're over. All right. There you go. How was it? What's the group thing? I was, th- I was thinking it's pretty good. I got to get out of this box. Okay, here we go here. You know, I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence, to be honest. You know, we do this uh, for fun. Right. And sometimes we'll pick, I'll even pick the opposite of the way I believe sometimes, just for the fun of it. Sure. Uh, because Stan really liked them, and it Stan was, was a, a big fan. And uh, we could, when we were at his house, it was nice. We were like, oh, we need to just move it out and go get behind it. Or yeah, we, exactly. It really... Um, but I never did it to mine. It's like, I like the idea, but for some reason I never did it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's like Now, I'm a big one on having my games on casters, not necessarily caster wheels. Okay. Um, I should say that. So, like, having them stand up from the bottom. Like, I don't want my cabinet wood sitting on the bottom of the floor. I want the casters to kind of raise it up a bit. But I'm actually in the camp of not really liking the casters. Really? <laughs> I understand that. So. Yeah, and that's why I figured you would kind of be that way, and we kind of took opposite sides. But, you know, another thing that I would say, remember the time his garage flooded. Right. He can move all the games out real quick. He moved and games out. And the ones that were off the ground, they, they didn't all get soaked either. Which is why I like casters as a whole. Maybe yeah. not caster wheels but casters as a whole are good so yeah um let's see michael says i have wheels on all my games i'm old and tired of bending over <laughs> i'll see, get you there uh, brother. let's see what is the difference between okay let's see i'm continuing down uh no disadvantages at all michael says no disadvantages at all mm-hmm. so yeah if you have the pedestal feet to keep it from moving uh and does help you move it you see my back is so sore from buying a couple of pinballs and moving them. Headless Horseman says, now you can put caster wheels on pinballs. I don't know if that works as well. That's right. a different thing. Yeah, get skates. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, let's see. Mine have two direction on the back and two with brake on front so they don't roll around. And that's yeah. not a bad way to do it. To have two swivels on the back and two regulars on the front or something like that really does help. Um, what if you hurt your back trying to install the casters? That's a different <laughs> thing. Uh, the easiest way that we found to do it is to put it in the back of your pickup truck. And, you know, just put them on real quick. So yeah. So, back over on the back of your pickup and uh, bed yeah, we, and do We that. probably should mention that. That is, yeah, it, he's right. It's like the day we're installing them, and then we thought, well, this is easy. We'll just lay it in the truck, and we just kind of did exactly. it easily. So, it's easy. We um, have done it before. Right, exactly. So, that there you go. Okay, I think, we're, I think we covered everything. So, if you guys have any more input on that, please let us know. Now, Danny says, what's the difference between old school shooting arcades compared to the new shooting ones? And the old well, school the, ones, a lot of times, use tubes and right. optical sensors. Yeah, light. But nowadays, we're not using tubes and optical potentiometers sensors. Right? And potentiometers and... Potentiometers um, and not only potentiometers, but um, but different things like uh, motion type, motion sensing devices mm-hmm. inside of the guns to let them know where they are positioned. And so we've done away with the optical sensor of like returning a location to the gun and then knowing where it hit. Optical sensors have pretty much gone out, Tim, and we've gone with infrared and, and potentiometer-based type solutions instead. Right. So that's the biggest thing. 
Um, I have Time Crisis 2 on wheels, but had Pedestal Feet 2. Interesting. Okay. So that's very interesting. So I have um, seen both. Oh, like and that. Joe just said he ordered his Poke Chip from High Score Stage for his Tempest. Okay. So there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So hopefully that Poke Chip helps you out a lot. So, okay, Tim, I think we got everything. Okay. Good. So there you go. What's so, next? Uh, anyway, so let us continue on here, Tim. We got a couple of news stories to cover, and then we will move on to our after show. So the first one we have. Newly surfaced arcade documents from the 1970s predict a wild future for video games. And Tim, <laughs> so these, um, these, both these documents were uploaded anonymously to the Internet Archive. And they're both from the 70s. One's from 1973, okay. one's from 1976. But they were both used, or both taken from Frontier Village Amusement Park in California. And one of them is an employee manual. Okay. And the other one is an IAAPA convention transcript of all of the panels and things that took place at that convention. Okay. And it's got some really interesting, interesting I haven't seen things this. in it. I yeah, you should it. go and look at these documents, and uh, they got some really cool things in them. But, um, Tim, probably the most interesting piece uh, of information is that all Atari exec- executives thought that we'd replace roller coasters with arcade machines. Right. And, Tim. Well, the success was Pong. Right. Kind of blew everybody away. They thought this is where we're going. But, you and know. Nobody has to go outside. What about motion theater? Right. Right. And so, and what about the new 4D platforms that like Dave and Buster's and stuff exactly. like the virtual reality platforms? So, in a way, we're, I mean, it may have taken us 40 years, but we're virtual. starting to finally get what there. What about Rabbits of Hollywood? Yeah, exactly. Stuff <laughs> like that, where we're getting these really immersive games. Tim, they're basically becoming a roller coaster all to their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the motion theater, Tim, that you used to have at Chuck E. Mm-hmm. Cheese was a lot of fun. Well, and it really felt like a roller coaster. I still coaster. have one at, we have Typhoon. Oh, yeah, that's right, the, the Typhoon, the new one. There's the new one at right. uh, Gaddy's. So, I mean, it's not, it wasn't that, mm-hmm. I, I guess it wasn't that out there, but it's it's amazing that it's taken us almost 40 years to get to get there, Agreed. right? I mean, I mean, that's the thing. It's taken us quite a while to get to this point. They saw it way back then, but we're just now getting to a point where we're actually starting to see a payoff of that, really, where we're seeing these kind of immersive almost theme park ride arcade games. So, right. And I think we're going to continue to see those. So, Okay, let us continue up here. Um, okay, Tim. Uh, Mark, one of our social media guys, he posted this, our moderators on Facebook. This is Flipper Mechanic, a pinball repair simulation game coming to PC and Steam next year. And Tim, we have the Steam link there. The description for the game says, Become a Flipper Mechanic and Repair Arcade Machines. Look at the old au- or look at the old auctions, bring them back to the workshop, restore them to the state of splendor, selling with profit, expand your workshop, buy new machines, modify or build your own, play and test, and put your best in pubs and earn money. Tim, this is like um, this is like our lives here sometimes. Right? <laughs> it's like I don't know if you want to go play a simulation game of that or not. You may not want to, but it sounded really cool, and it's kind of in with the um, with the arcade. Uh, that's pretty cool. Arcade repair type thing is like they're actually making a game that simulates all this. And Tim, I played a game where you got to run an arcade called Arcade Craft. Okay. That was really cool for the Xbox Live Arcade. It was really nice. Um, so, Tim, this isn't unprecedented, but it's pretty cool that we're starting to see game, almost simulation games based on mm-hmm. repairing games. Right. It's just, it's just very, some, very, very. I don't know, what's the word? Unique, I we're guess. We're definitely going to have to try it. Yeah, there you go. So if you guys are interested in that, that's Flipper Mechanic. We've got a link down below in the show notes. You guys can check that out. But it's not coming out until next year, Tim, so you have a little time on it. Don't know how much it's going to cost yet, but it is something to look up if you're interested. 
And then, Tim, uh, this one kind of came in late. And so I, I just recently added this uh, just uh, today, actually, to the outline. And it was right. that out um, that Mame for the Masses, Legends Arcade Cabinet, could thread that needle. This is from Ars Technica, and there's a link there. Tim, at Games, the p- same people who make a lot of those plug-and-play games and the Sega Genesis uh, little game right. consoles and stuff like that, um, they have announced that they're making a Legends Ultimate Multicade Cabinet. The manufacturer suggested retail price is five ninety nine for a full size sixty six inch cabinet. So it's not a shorty like the arcade one ups. Exactly, uh-huh. but they have a shorty like the arcade one ups for three ninety nine that pretty much competes at the same price point as an arcade one. But plays more. But games. plays more games. Correct. The press release promises two to four hundred games included. It shows 350 on the game itself, and you'll see that I'll right see there. That. It says 350 on the cabinet art. The Legends cabinet is very comparable to the Arcade 1-Up line, but Tim, here's the difference is that they are making a full-size cabinet. Interesting. So th- they will have a full-size 66-inch version of this that you'll be able to put in your house, right? Will it be at Walmart, though? Uh, probably. Well, I don't know if it'll be at Walmart or not, but, um, but we're starting the to see... competition, um, maybe at Best it, Well, Buy and now. here's the deal. I think Arcade 1-Up has done really good. Right. Okay, I mean, I think we can say that. I mean, I know that it's mm-hmm. not everybody's cup of tea out there, Tim, but for the price point that you're getting them at, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I mean, you know, I, um, I got... And Asteroids. They've thrown the Asteroids on clearance, guys. So I bought an Asteroids Arcade 1-Up for 75 bucks. Yeah, you couldn't pass on Can't that. Can't pass that. Okay, so I bought it. I may mod it. I may just build it. I'm going to build it like it is, and then we may mod it up. But, um, but yeah, we... I mean, for the price points that you're buying them at, and I know three ninety or three hundred was like the the suggested retail price on these when they first came out, mm-hmm. and then a lot of them dropped. We've seen um, some for two hundred now, and then on clearance we've seen them as low as one fifty seventy five. And so I think at those price points, Tim, there's a lot of people that are very interested in having their own arcade in their house, and these things take up a minimal amount of space compared to a real arcade game. And so. Right. I think that for a lot of people, this is a great alternative. And the fact that Arcade 1-Up's been doing so good, you knew that there were going to be other competitors in this market, and At Games is now getting into that market. Yep. And so I do think that these are going to be better than um, than what people think they're going to be. Um, the At Games one, you know, I mean, I know At Games has kind of so-so quality on a lot of their stuff, Tim. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're making a 66-inch a cabinet, which is, what, five and a half feet? Yeah, five and a half feet. I mean, not quite what you get with like a full size arcade, but close enough. Yeah, pretty close, close. enough. And then um, they're making the forty four inch version, Tim, that will compete with the arcade one ups. Three hundred fifty games is a lot. Now mm-hmm. they did say, if I don't know if you can see the menu on this, but not all of them are going to be arcade games. There's going to ah. be console games on here too. Okay. And so that's something to keep in mind is that it's not going to all be arcade games. It'll there there will be some console games on these too. So I mean, it's not like you're getting 350 arcade games, and so okay. that just ups the numbers. Everybody there. Gets solitaire what, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, that, for what it is, I think I think those MSRPs are good. And Tim, when they go on clearance or sale, you'll see them lower than that. I mean, six hundred dollars for a almost full size cabinet. Not bad. I mean, that's cheaper than you can buy a lot of almost full-size arcade cabinets for brand new. So right. Even I think if you had to get it and mod it. it with your own joysticks and buttons or something, it might be worth it. Absolutely. Now, YouTube Punk commented, $75, that's a good deal. Uh, seems like the what, Sprawl Mart by me never puts their one-ups on sale. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so here's the deal, guys. Use BrickSeek.com. BrickSeek.com. And you can find the Walmarts around you that are selling them and what price they're selling them oh, for okay so if you do a search for brick seek one up or, or arcade one up 
on Google. It'll come up with the links for all of them. You can check in your local areas and see who has them on sale. I picked nice. up the last $75 Asteroids at my Walmart. And so nice. we they had some $75 Centipedes at one of our stores, uh-huh. supposedly, but we couldn't <laughs> find them. So, But for $75, bucks, guys, hard to pass up. So, exactly. So, I have three arcade one-ups, and I didn't even intend on buying one. <laughs> so, um, there you go. So, that's how it is. But um, I tell you, I mean, for the price, hard to beat. And I think this is a great alternative for people, Tim, who don't want to spend the time to mod their own cat or to build a cabinet or find a broken cabinet and do all the work to it. You know, there's always going to be a market for this, Tim, I feel like. Because there's, so. there's, it's got a lot of nostalgia behind it, and the price point is a good price point. Well, obviously, now that there's more competition entering the market, there must be a market for it to enter. Right, right exactly. There must be some demand. Right, so there you go. Well, Tim, I think that does it for this episode. So we're about to move on, guys, to the after show. But before we do, we do want to remind you of a couple of things. First... We want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, just like Paul got during the pre-show today, Tim, then send us a video. We're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send the link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure that you put a plug-in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. And Tim, obviously, like I said, Paul sent one in and we played it during the pre-show. Yeah. And Tim, I think we're going to do kind of like a movie theater does before a movie and has like little slides and things before the movie starts. Uh-huh. We're going to probably eventually do something like that. We did that today okay, on a small scale, but we may eventually do something where we feature people's videos in the pre-show before the show starts. Sounds and so good. if you guys want to send you, in your... Exactly. Thank you for that submission, Paul. And if you guys want to send in your videos, please send them to questions at arcaderepairtips.com. We'll review them. And then if we like them, we'll put them up during the live show and then tim let us go ahead and remind people what we said at the beginning of the show that the july live show will not be on july 4th because of the independence day holiday that's the first thursday of next month uh we will be rescheduling that so stay tuned to our social media feeds uh, for updates on when the next live show will take place and tim like i said the first thursday night of Almost every month. So, um, like I said, stay tuned to our social media accounts to see when the next live show will occur. We're going to do it in July. It may be a couple days before, a day before Independence Day. It may be the week after or a day after. I don't know. Me and Tim have to work all that scheduling stuff out. But we will figure it out and hopefully uh, let you guys know so you guys can join us for that. Well, Tim... Let's see what else we got here. Oh, we have our uh, contact information. Let's go ahead and put this up here. Okay, we have our general email, questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. If you put live show in the subject, you will get it mentioned here on the show, or we'll try to answer it whenever we get it otherwise. We also have our YouTube page, which you guys are on right now, and and, Tim, if you're not a subscriber, subscribe. Hit that nice big red subscribe button over there, subscribe to us, you know you want to. We got great content here, we got a new video coming this month. Right, you'll you'll get to know. Exactly, so you'll know exactly when it comes out, but make sure you subscribe at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com, youtube.arcaderepairtips.com, and Tim, comments from the last live show will be covered on the next episode. Tim, we actually covered some of those today from the last episode, so we do cover those as you guys leave them on the last live show episode. And then, Tim, we mentioned our podcast email, podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, that goes to Eric and Rusty. I don't know if they've been checking it very often because, like I said, they've been very, very, very busy. But if they are, make sh- you know, when they do, they will see your email if you send it there. Tim, I think everybody should send them an email and tell them how much they miss them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. 
podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. Send those guys an email and tell them to start doing the podcast again. Um, you know, that way they'll be encouraged to do it. I know they're busy. Hopefully they'll get back to it at some point. But Tim, until they get back, you will hear the live show audio on those podcast feeds. So again, guys, our iTunes page at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com and stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com. Leave your reviews there as well. Subscribe there. Listen for it. It's all, the, all that good stuff and uh, great stuff, guys, um, to be found there. You can find all of our old episodes, including that one where we interviewed all of the founders of the Game Preserve and what they thought about opening their own arcade. Good idea. It's there, too. And then we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and twitter.arcaderepairtips.com for our Twitter feed. And we want to thank Mark and Louie for the tremendous job that they do there posting content. And Tim, we want to thank Louie for being here tonight. If he's still in the room somewhere, we do want to thank him for being <laughs> here tonight and moderating the live chat for us, Louie. Your contributions are always well appreciated. So there we go. Uh, Tim, is there anything else that you want to cover here? Is there any other um, little things you want to talk about for the after show? Right, we're going to talk about how All You Can Play is doing, right? Right, we're right? going to mention that. Uh, we're going to also talk about a new idea that I have uh, coming out. And is it is it a good idea? We'll yeah. get my, What's my next venture going to be? We're also going to talk about uh, some sports talk, NHL, MLB. We'll talk about uh, maybe some movie talk, Tim, yeah. TV show talk, same kind of things we do. All the off-topic stuff that we like to cover in the after show. So, Tim, if you're listening to this on the audio feed via the podcast, then make sure that you tune in on YouTube to hear the after show. But, guys, this is where we're going to get off for the regular show. We want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. All you guys are great. Big round of applause for the entire live chat because i feel like tonight tim it was super lively yes so big round of applause for all of you guys we appreciate you guys being here so much and we hope that you'll join us the first thursday of almost every month right here on youtube where you can see the live show tim any final words before we move into the after show nope thanks everybody remember when you oh well oh do i have to, okay hang on you're moving into it too quick here we're ready okay I'm thank ready you guys okay thank you guys for being here tonight and remember here at arcade repair tips when you fix the game you, you play, play the, the game. game take care everybody we'll see you in the after show okay Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.